Welcome to the Cybersecurity Readiness Podcast Series with Dr. Dave Chatterjee. Dr. Chatterjee is the author of the book Cybersecurity Readiness, a holistic and high-performance approach, a SAGE publication. He has been studying cybersecurity for over a decade, authored and edited scholarly papers, delivered talks, conducted webinars and workshops, consulted with companies, and served on a cybersecurity SWAT team with chief information security officers. Dr. Chatterjee is Associate Professor of Management Information Systems at the Terry College of Business, the University of Georgia. As a Duke University visiting scholar, Dr. Chatterjee has taught in the Master of Engineering and Cybersecurity program at the Pratt School of Engineering. Hello, everyone. I'm delighted to welcome you to this episode of the Cybersecurity Readiness Podcast Series. Today's panel discussion will focus on diversifying the cybersecurity talent pool. To set the context for the discussion, here are some telling facts. According to the 2022 ISC2 Cybersecurity Workforce Study Report, the cybersecurity workforce has reached an all-time high with an estimated 4.7 million professionals. So that is the good news. But then it's also true that there's a global shortage of 3.4 million workers in this field. The report also finds that in the U.S. alone, there are more than 700,000 unfilled cybersecurity jobs. Another telling finding is that only 25% of the global cybersecurity workforce is women. So we have a lot to talk about today, and I'm honored to have with me two very distinguished panelists. I have Dr. Ashley Podrotsky, Vice President for Research and Economic Development at Dakota State University. She's a highly accomplished cybersecurity professional and an academic, and she'll be talking about her professional highlights shortly. I must mention that during our planning meeting, I could feel that passion in her about inspiring and educating the next generation of cybersecurity and STEM talent. So uh, welcome, Ashley. And my other distinguished panelist is Kriti Arora. She is a security global black belt and specializes in threat intelligence and enterprise attack surface management at Microsoft. Kriti also has a very impressive record in cybersecurity, having worked in many capacities, in many roles, including as a trainer for the United States Army. So without any further ado, welcome Kriti, welcome Ashley. Let's get the ball rolling. Please share with listeners a little bit about your background and what motivates you to do what you are doing currently. Ashley, why don't you go first? Well, thank you, Dave. Um, It's an honor to be here today um, to talk about what what we're doing at Dakota State University and some of the trends that we see in the industry for helping support women to explore the field of cybersecurity. I I started out um, going when I went to college um, thinking that I would go and work in network security. And after college, I, I did that. 
And I saw one day that someone had modified some files and we needed to figure out who did what. And so I took that and that's where the field of digital forensics came in into play for me is that I needed to look at the, the data and understand what happened and work towards attribution. And so I decided to go back for my master's and then my doctoral degree to study this field. So that way I could help train and teach others and conduct research in this exciting area. But one thing I noticed is that <clears throat> when I was in school, I was usually the only woman and uh, I wanted to, to do what I could to help bring more women into this field. It's incredibly exciting and a wonderful environment to be in. And so we, my, my co-founder of CyberHer and I worked together to create a program to help more girls learn about the field of cybersecurity. Fantastic. Well, thanks for that introduction, Ash- Ashley. Akriti, how about you? Yes, thank you, Dave, uh, for giving me this opportunity Mm -hmm. and very nice to meet you, Ashley. So, yes, I started out in India. I was doing my CCNA and there was a chapter that really picked up my interest. So I'm currently working in Microsoft as a threat intelligence and external attack surface management security global black belt. But there's a long story of uh, how I reached here. So did my master's in the U.S. in this field. And I was also the only girl in my class doing ethical hacking. Uh, and yes, it started out me exploring networking as a subject. Cybersecurity was not even labeled as a subject when I was pursuing my master's. So that passion of uh, that I picked up from that chapter in CCNA went beyond um, and grew further when I was doing my master's. And then I started exploring for jobs in this area and there were none at that point of time. And it was really hard to get that first job and live that American dream uh, in cybersecurity. But I started out as a trainer, as a specialist where I was teaching cybersecurity. And then uh, I got a chance to even train and teach the U.S. Army, which was, you know, the most, it was the best, uh, I would say the best chance that I got in my life till date. So I would never forget that. And yeah, I'm finally here in my dream role in my dream company, but it, it's been a long journey. So yeah. Fantastic. And thank you for your service. I'd like to add the CCNA is how I started in this field as well. Oh wow! <laughs> when you said that, I thought that was pretty remarkable. Um, we had that available in high school where I, where I went to high school. And so that's why I went into this field as well. That was my first inroad. Amazing. <laughs> Thanks for sharing, Ashley. Akriti, you and I have done another episode, episode 47, which focused on the proactive, resilient approach to cybersecurity. In that episode, I recollect you mentioning that your friends and family had a hard time figuring out what you specialized in, what your job entailed. Does that ring a bell? Yes, yes, Dave. So, yeah, I mean, when I started out, my family and friends were like, what is that? What are you doing? Why don't you just be a software engineer and do some coding? I'm like, that's not where I want to go. (laughs) That's not where my interest is. But yeah, I think now they, uh, if they see a phishing email, they know that what I do. (laughs) So they sort of understand what I'm doing. But yeah, when I started out back in 2014, it was really difficult. I didn't have a lot of support from friends and they would even make fun of me that that that's not even a field that's not even a career choice but yeah it's, it's been a journey <laughs> thanks for sharing 
So Ashley, during our planning meeting, I learned about your institution's trust in promoting cybersecurity education and training. Please share with listeners some highlights. What got your institution so motivated, so focused? Please provide us with some background information. Absolutely. It's a long story, but I'll make it short. In, in 1984, South Dakota changed the direction of our university and they wanted us to be the technology center for the state of South Dakota. And so since then, we have gotten heavily into computing and technology and programming, but that naturally evolves from networking to cybersecurity to artificial intelligence and quantum computing and other areas as well. Um, we have a, a focus on a, a holistic approach to cyber from the offensive side of the house um, to the defensive digital forensics incident response side of the house, to the purple team. But then we also have core computer courses and computer science. Everything is founded in computer science here. And so we've taken our strength and we've done something different with it into different areas and inroads. Um, artificial intelligence being one of our newest areas. We, we look at that both from the security of it in addition to the business application of it as well. So we have that in different programs. But one of the unique things about DSU is that you can go from an associate all the way to a PhD in offensive security of cyber operations. And our programs are designated and accredited by the National Security Agency and Department of Homeland Security, the Centers for Academic Excellence in Cyber Operations, cyber defense, and cyber research. And so everything that we do focuses around that area in one aspect or another. Fabulous. Since you mentioned holistic approach to cybersecurity, I thought of mentioning my book, which focuses on providing a holistic cybersecurity governance framework. I think it's very important for educational institutions to recognize that both hard and soft skills must be instilled in future cybersecurity professionals and leaders. I'm not surprised that your institution is doing exactly that. At Duke University, where I taught a class in their Master's in Cybersecurity program in the Pratt School of Engineering, they recognize the importance of developing human-focused soft skills alongside the technical skills. So it's great to see that institutions are taking an eclectic approach to cybersecurity education. I was giving a talk the other day at the University of Colorado at Colorado Springs, and I was really impressed that literally every academic unit had a cybersecurity offering. What about you, Kriti? Share with us where you got your formal education in cyber. And from a student's perspective, as you reflect on what you learned and how you learned, do you have any suggestions or recommendations? Sure. So I went to America to do my master's uh, after I did my undergrads in India. And when I was choosing my master's, there was no thing called cybersecurity uh, master's uh, you know, degree. I went for my master's in computer science and it just happened that we had to obviously choose our courses uh, every semester and I chose 
different uh, study groups and uh, different subjects in cybersecurity, incidents response, digital forensics. And at that time, uh, so I did my master's from University of New Haven, Connecticut. Uh, they are known for their criminal justice and forensic uh, studies in Connecticut. And uh, at that point, when I went ahead, I was just doing computer science. I didn't have a clue about cybersecurity. It was just a passion that picked up and I knew I wanted to do it at some point. And luckily the college did offer great subjects like I just mentioned. And I chose that because of that passion I picked up from CCNA. And it just grew more and more as I took those subjects, I got to know more about it. And yeah, I was the only girl. Uh, I would say I was the only Indian female in my class. Uh, there were no other uh, girls in the class. And it was, and the classes were also very less. We just had like 10 or 15 students because no, would, no one would take that subject. They would all go for, in, you know, your programming or your C++, Java programming or UI development, but no one actually took these classes. So yeah, it was, uh, I mean, I would say my friends would also come and tell me that why are you taking this subject? The professor is really strict and these subjects are not known. You won't find a job here. And I'm like, no, this is my passion. And I came for that. So I have to pursue this. And as when I went ahead, I wrote a paper on uh, digital forensic and did uh, amazing cool things in the lab environment and the classes itself. So it was an amazing uh, experience there. Uh, but yeah, I think the only thing that we should keep in mind is that passion and fire. If you really have that zeal for the subject, it will take you places. And if you're just doing for, just because it's a hot uh, trending market uh, in the cybersecurity era, it won't work out. You need to have that zeal within you to actually pursue this. And that's, I think that's where you'll be successful. And that's the zeal I had. And I took, and I went for those classes. Thank you, thank you. Ashley, you'd like to add to that? I'd like to go back to the comment that you made on the holistic approach and the human element, because that's what we see by most attacks that occur in our space is that there's a human element that happened that allowed the attack to, to go through. So whether that's unintentional or untrained or intentional, that's something that we have to take a look at and, and definitely train and educate our students towards as well. Yeah, that's so true. In fact, I had a, a guest who heads the personal security research at the Department of Defense, Dr. Eric Lang. And that episode was focused on sources of insider threat. threat. And essentially what he surmised from his research was that no matter how sophisticated the technologies are, if you don't get the commitment of the individuals, it's going to be very difficult to mitigate the risks associated with insider threats. He went into elaborate detail. I'm not going to go into those details right now, but that has stayed with me because, you know, in my book, again, I talk about creating and sustaining a high-performance information security culture. And one of the dimensions of that culture is commitment, the two others being preparedness and discipline. And I conducted qualitative research over several years, gathered data, did the analysis, and came up with 17 success factors. And they 
basically fell into one of those three buckets, commitment, preparedness, and discipline. And one important takeaway, which uh, essentially validated or echoes what Dr. Eric Lang said, was unless there is organization-wide commitment, starting from the C-level, where you essentially set the tone, you get the culture going, and then it has to be organization-wide because unless everyone is prepared to do their part, you are not going to be able to offer the kind of formidable defense against different form of attacks because phishing continues to be the major attack vector still because the attackers, the penetrators, hackers, they know that humans continue to be the most vulnerable and they try to exploit it. So it's a massive problem, but it's good to see that we are training professionals from different fields to come in and join the workforce. So actually, I had a question for you. One of the recommendations I make to institutions when I'm asked is that there should be a core cybersecurity offering, like a fundamental course or a foundation course at the undergraduate level. Is that something that you are also seeing out there? Is, is it happening more and more? We've been doing that for, mm-hmm. for a decade at mm-hmm. the state. Mm-hmm. Um, but we see, we see other organizations and in, in educational institutions that are incorporating that concept as well. Cyber hygiene, it's, it's important. You know, one of the things I like to say is that good hackers, they don't hack in, they log in because they have your credentials. And it just depends if the system is set up to tell you if someone, you know, the geolocation of that IP is a dual login from 5,000 miles away, right? So we have to look at the other areas of our system set up for intrusion detection. But yes, a lot of the CAE schools and our tutor schools as well have that fundamental cybersecurity course. And it's not something that should be unique for computer majors. It's something that business majors, healthcare, retail, law, it doesn't matter. Engineering, every discipline has an important area for cybersecurity. Cyber is, it's a vertical in itself, but it horizontally cuts across every single discipline. And so it's not just for the computing people to know cyber, it's, it's for everyone to know and understand and appreciate, but not be scared of. And I think that sometimes where people throw in that fear, uncertainty, and doubt that we need to get them scared so that way they go along with our plan. Well, that's not that's not the way. We need to teach them what could happen and how we prevent it and why we have unique secure passwords that are very long and we can use a password manager, for example. So and why we use MFA or two-factor and we don't use public Wi-Fi. So those are all the things that we can do in those entry-level cyber courses to, to inform and to educate, but not elicit fear. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Anything that you'd like to add to that, Kriti? Yeah, I, I agree with Ashley because I also feel that cyber is not in the places that I've worked in or the experiences I've had. Uh, people think that is just a sector of IT. It's an extended sector of IT that IT should manage it somehow. And I think that's the lack we are facing. If it's spread across from the CISO to your CEO, even the VP level, that security, cybersecurity should be all across the organization. I think when that's understood, 
I think that will bring the change that uh, in the workforce, whether we are hiring more people or just the awareness of it, I think is really lacking. And there are companies, or I would say I've worked with customers who still think it's an extended part of the IT team and they don't uh, understand the use of actually looking at security controls and protocols. So I agree with Ashley that we need to have it across all the sectors. And yeah, there is a change that I'm seeing. I do have friends and my husband is in sales and marketing. They get cybersecurity trainings now and they are doing these phishing emails where they send across these phishing emails and they have to click. So he was showing that to me the other day and I was surprised. And he works for a healthcare industry and I was happy to see that they are also getting uh, the sales, finance, marketing teams uh, well-informed and creating this awareness around cybersecurity. So it should be across all the sectors, not just, it's not an extended part of your IT team. Very true, very true. So um, let's get into this uh, gender aspect in cybersecurity. I've been looking at different reports, one of which again comes from ISC2. Nearly all women, 87%, reported having experienced unconscious discrimination, while 19% said they have been subjected to overt discrimination. Women also cited unexplained delays in career advancement, 53%, and exaggerated responses to errors, 29%. Discrimination also manifests in a compensation gap. So this is all very disturbing. Uh, I'm sure both of you can speak to that, um, whoever wants to go first. Yeah, I, I'd be happy to. Um, I, I like the point that you highlighted that that 87% said it was unconscious. And I, I, would, I would tend to agree with that. I've been on the other side of the house. I was able to apply for full professor um, ahead of schedule. I was I had career advancements that that our president saw something in me and asked me to apply or serve in in certain roles. And so I've been very thankful for the the leadership of our president and all the things that she has done. So I haven't necessarily experienced that side of it, but I can see it. And it's a lot of it's not intentional. A lot of it is is knowing that um, you know holding your meeting, you know certain date and time, certain location isn't conducive to everyone participating in it. And so I, I, I do know that, but I think some of the things that we can do and some of the responsibilities that senior women have in in this discipline is as we as we come along, we have one arm back pulling others with us. And to me, that's important. As I have a seat at the table, you know, I, I scooch over and I make a seat for someone else and helping promote and support and advance women in this field and be their champion is, is something that um, I take an immense amount of pride and job satisfaction in. And so when it comes to some of the challenges that women face, they're not unique just to women. Um, they're unique to a lot of minority uh, subsections of our population. And so I, I, I tend to look at things a little bit different in terms of how do I support, recruit, and retain, and focusing my efforts around those areas. And I, there's so many men that I work with that are very talented and incredibly wonderful. But when they say something, having the opportunity to you know, politely tweak or inform I had a colleague who hosts this conference and, you know, I asked him, you know, there's no women on your lineup. How do we, how do we fix that? 
and I have lots of requ- I have lots of suggestions I can send your way. And he's like, well, I just didn't know of any. And so I sent him a list of like 30. <laughs> so this will get you started. I would be happy to make a personal introduction. So I think it's it's things like that, looking at it from that perspective, just being uninformed and not intentional and being as upbeat and cheery as we can when it comes to helping correct the narrative. And so I, I just had this, we were doing some reviews of our program and I saw the list of people coming in to evaluate them and they were all men and it had been that way for years. So I just politely wrote to the person who oversaw it and I said, hey, this is a great list, but there's so many talented women who are doing work that we need to incorporate their view. And how can we bring that to the forefront? So I think being confident and strong in your opinion, but being polite and not accusatory um, is definitely the path forward to to helping with that area of the challenges that we face. Very good. Very good. I, I couldn't agree with you more. As I reflect on my experience in the cybersecurity world, I have had the pleasure and fortune of interacting with outstanding female professionals. Several have appeared on my podcast. I co-author articles with women professionals in, in the cyberspace, and my experience has been absolutely phenomenal. So I'll come to you, Kriti, now. What do you see as your role? So I have two uh, different uh, answers to this. I've also had the chance to work with great women leaders in cybersecurity. I am currently working with them and I have been, and they've been all the more supportive and leading the way with cybersecurity. But I've also had the other side where I was struggling to get that first job. uh, And I had my friends who were also doing cybersecurity and they could crack the interview and get it. Again, I'm not here to blame, but... There are, uh, I think with cybersecurity, we look at cybersecurity, uh, that image that comes in is a guy sitting in a hoodie with glasses on and, you know, it's like they're working in a room uh, detached from others. It's they're working in a basement and that's the cybersecurity image you get that if you're doing security, you have to be that guy who is not cool, who is sort of called a nerd. And that's that, I think that's, image that association of cyber with that image is what doesn't excite women i feel that's what i believe in and that's what i have heard from my colleagues or my when i was in the college all the guys that i used to work with were people wearing glasses and they were called the nerds of our college but i believe that is that image of or cybersecurity being or perceived as a very progressive forward thinking forward approaching field is that that's the lack I think that brings the gap where women are not as excited to go for it but I think things have changed so much now that we are seeing so many leaders and so many great cybersecurity uh, women empowering and leading their way in this mm-hmm. field and even with the company I work with I've had the great pleasure to work with such great leaders leading Americas or the Asia Pacific region and they have really great stories in the cybersecurity industry uh, as well but yeah I think over with time there has been a change but I have had that experience where it was difficult to find a job uh, it was difficult to be the only girl in the class and you know, you are spoken above, people do talk over you if you're the only girl uh, in the class or if you're only, yeah, if you're working as, 
I remember when I started off my first job, I was teaching a class of, I think, 20 students. And I just had one female <laughs> in that class. And she was learning IT, not even cybersecurity. She was not even aware of what IT is. So I think that, and I have had the chance where the guys were, the male students were talking over me because they didn't see me as empowering and as progressive as my other male colleagues that were also there in the same class. So I've had that experience and I now I have this experience where I'm seeing women leading the way in security. So yeah, I've been on the on both sides, but I've mostly been on the positive side and I like to be there and I like to empower people with that story. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I love that because when we start talking about the stereotypes, uh, the hacker and the hoodie, uh, yeah. the, guy, the guy in mom's basement, right? We see all of that. We we hear those. We see those. Um, the New York Times did a, a nationwide poll and they asked what a computer scientist looks like. And the response was a white guy in glasses. And I'm not one and neither are you and neither is Dave. But uh, I married one. I have nothing against white guy in glasses. However, when you're a, a middle school girl and you're looking at what my career can be, and you see that imagery, you just think I don't belong. And so you think, how do I, it's, it's something that you, you opt out of before you even know that it's a possibility to opt in. And that's what's important. And I think that's the opportunity is to showcase what, what women are and the different roles that they have and how they're able to, to have a very fulfilling life and have a career not that is both social and exciting and creative in all within the field of cybersecurity. And that's at Cyper, our motto is that if, if she can see it, she can be it. And so showcasing collegiate women to middle school girls in that near peer mentoring model is something that has been very um, positive for us, for, for girls to understand that they can be part of this as well. Absolutely. In fact, that brings back uh, fond memories when my daughter was graduating from high school she had a very strong and excellent liberal arts foundation. But at that time, they weren't offered any computer science classes. So she was planning to continue her education in liberal arts. And I suggested to her that, look, how about beefing up the technical side of things? Go to a technology school and learn about stuff that you are not familiar with, that is not in your comfort zone. So we had an interesting discussion. And uh, finally, she ended up pursuing computer science at Georgia Tech. Uh, doing extremely well. And that was also an eye-opener for me, the dad, because even I was worried about gender diversity. But I had a pleasant surprise. The computer science department was so welcoming. She had fabulous opportunities. And she is an excellent ambassador of the program. They still reach out to her for different events and initiatives. Uh, there's no doubt that it is still a male-dominated field. But like you all said, there are a lot of good that's happening out there. Institutions recognize these challenges and they are doing their best to give everyone an opportunity. People who are considering cybersecurity as a field or they are planning to pivot, there are a variety of opportunities. There are a variety of skill sets that are required. You don't necessarily have to be a coder or if coding is not your thing, that doesn't mean the door is shut. There are many other opportunities where you can make a huge difference. So don't rule out a field because of the stereotype, because of 
a certain image that exists. I love what you said there, but to, to add a little texture, I've failed plenty of times and I've heard no a lot. Uh, but the only thing that that tells me is that I'm talking to the wrong people and uh, I need to try something different and talk with someone else. And then I can get to that. Yes. And so I think one of the the areas that we, that we, some of the pressure we put on women is they have to be perfect. And I see this in my own daughter and I see it in my own son. And I've experienced myself that I can't talk unless, unless I have the best response possible, or I can't contribute unless I'm the smartest person in the room, which is frankly uh, a load of crap because we all have an important area that we can bring to the conversation, contribute to whatever it is that we're doing. And so I encourage girls to fail. We set up our activities that we do with them to teach them early cyber competencies um, that they're going to fail and they can fail in an environment and learn, oh, okay, um, I can't do it that way, but I can do it this way. And when I do it this way, I can get to this outcome. And if I try something different yet again, I can do something else. And so, yeah, my background is full of failure and is full of no's, but that's not what people remember. And that's not what I remember either. It's just, how do we keep going? Very true. Kriti, your turn to reflect. <laughs> no, I, uh, what I would say is that girls sometimes lack that confidence to actually go for something so big. Uh, I think that comes from my my experience. I'm just going to share from that. My family has been very supportive of what I do, but the place where I come from, I think that confidence to do something so major, uh, whether it's starting your new, uh, choosing a field that's not so known or going for that, I think that confidence is what is going to help girls actually go for that, go for the different field. Women already have so many things, you know, we, if you look at homemakers too, or girls who are not working, who are just at home, stay at home moms, they already do so much of multitasking, managing multiple things. And they're like superheroes, right? They're doing so many things, whether it's problem solving, organizing stuff, taking care, managing everything. They also have that curiosity. And I think uh, girls thinking that they don't have the skills to go for cybersecurity is completely wrong because we already have so much. We already do so much by our everyday things like multitasking, organizing, problem solving, curiosity, the zeal to do more, uh, to be always going ahead and taking care of things around. I think those are great traits and things you can have as a woman uh, in cybersecurity if you're pursuing that career. And we, I think from, from my perspective, I have always been a very curious person. I like to dig deep and I like to be that perfect I like to achieve more. And I think that's where I get that zeal to work in cybersecurity. And yeah, my only idea is to never doubt yourself, have that confidence. And we already have so many skills that we can utilize in the field. And uh, you should just go for it if you really are interested and have that zeal for learning and growing in cyber. I, I have, I love that. Um, as you're talking, I could see one of the people that are on my team in my mind. Um, uh, Dr. Erica Cohn, she, her and her husband, they decided to have a family. So this is 22 years ago. 
and they got pregnant with quadruplets oh. and she was in the field of computing pregnant with quadruplets. So what do you do? I mean, you, you, you stay home and raise your four babies and that's what she did. But yet she had a, a focus in technology. Um, when her kids were about ready to graduate from high school, she started over and she came back to get a master's degree. And that's when I first met her. And I said, I saw so much drive and dedication and all the skills that she had developed through those chaotic years of raising quadruplets. I saw so much in her that by the looking at her resume, others would overlook. And so I encouraged her to get her PhD and she, she earned her PhD and she's a dark web expert and she runs her digital forensics lab on campus. And she is such a, a fascinating woman, but a great example of everything that you just said. And she has all the skill sets, she has all the tools and she understands the field, but she can do things a little bit more interesting than others. And it, it works very well for her. I couldn't agree with you more. As mentioned earlier, I've had the pleasure and honor of engaging with many women cybersecurity professionals and their contributions to this field is immense. Switching gears, for cybersecurity to become a core competency, a strategic capability, organizations must strive to hire the best and also offer the best training and growth opportunities. This is where industry academic partnership can be crucial. Ashley, um, what are your thoughts on developing and sustaining such partnerships? When we think about increasing, we don't have enough people in cybersecurity period. We have more open positions than we have trained professionals. And so we need lots of different approaches to solve that problem. And so there's a lot of different initiatives for workforce development training um, for existing professionals. So that's a shorter on-ramp to the field. Then we have a lot of different academic programs, which is a little bit of a longer on-ramp into the field. And then, but what I think about this area, if, if we're only focusing on the people who are in the right age group right now, we're never going to solve the problem. We have to go back to middle school. And Survey after survey and study after study tells us that girls decide if they're going to be in a STEM field by the time they leave middle school. And so we have a short period of time to introduce them to the field of cybersecurity and help bust the stereotypes, highlight women who are doing really great things, and promote and, and work on partnerships to increase the visibility of the cybersecurity space. And so that's one of the things that we do at CyberHer at DSU is we've impacted more than 40,000 girls and kids around the country over the last 10 years. And we, we need to focus on how we can scale up nationally in a larger way. We have about 15 students that are hired to go out and host events in the schools. And so we have two driving areas that we've had since the beginning that still hold true today. One, we don't talk about the shortage of women in the space because as middle school girls are already trying to fit, fit in and figure out who they are, no one's going to sign up for something else that makes them weird or different. So we don't showcase that. We don't even talk about that. In, in the reverse, we show them girls, women that are studying cybersecurity at college in that near-peer mentoring model. The second thing we do is that we don't do lecture. We do hands-on. 
And so we'll teach girls, um, we'll go into a class and we'll ask them, how many of you have cracked a password before? And they look around and think, well, are, are they going to teach us how to crack a password? And absolutely, we are. We have a system, we have a hash, we show them how to crack the, the, word pass, the hash of the word password. And they can see it takes a fraction of a millisecond. So then we ask them, okay, make it stronger. So we don't define that. So then they make it stronger. We show them how to hash now, then they crack it, and then they can see with the algorithm how long it's going to take. So long story short, iteration by iteration, we then ask the girls, who can make the password with the current computing power that's going to take the longest to crack? And we want them to get to about 300 years. And from there, we ask them, okay, what, what are the characteristics of your password? Well, it was really long. It didn't have real words, alphanumeric characters, on and on. Like, okay, great. What do you use passwords for? Well, my Instagram, that's always number one. <laughs> to keep my mom and brother out of my phone. Um, to log on to my email to send assignments in for school. And so then we ask them, why do you care? Well, I don't want someone to hack my Instagram. I don't want my mom to know what I'm texting to my friends. So data privacy. <laughs> so from there, we have just gotten this group of middle school girls to tell us what's a strong password, why it's important, and how you implement it. I mean, that's a tough topic to teach to professionals, but it's even harder if you go in with a PowerPoint. And so those two approaches to engage and support the middle school age is what we do. And in three weeks, we have 125 middle school girls coming from all over the country to our camp to, at, at Dakota State to learn cybersecurity concepts. And the National Security Agency through the, the Gen Cyber Program um, supports that. So we got to start middle school. It can't be a one and done. You need to tweak your approach and make it fun and engaging. Awesome. This reminds me of a university in Indiana where they partnered up with the community to host a cybersecurity carnival where they had all these fun and games. The underlying goal was to send cybersecurity messages. It was done in a, such a fun and subtle manner that it got national attention and was being written up in newspapers. I was sharing that at a conference so I'm delighted that Dakota State is taking such a lead and doing great things. I'm sure there are many other institutions doing great work as well. And, and I couldn't agree with you more, actually, when you said it's no point highlighting these numbers, which tend to suggest we don't have enough or this is why we don't have. That doesn't solve the issue. More importantly, can you get across to them why this is an interesting field, why this is an exciting field? That brings up my next question for you, Kriti. If you were trying to promote cybersecurity as a field to your friends, say female friends, what would be your pitch to them? What would you say? So I want to add something to Ashley's point before I uh, dive into that question. And I think I love that idea of, you know, introducing cybersecurity as a core subject. In middle school, I think I've, I've high, as a student in my past, I've had the chance to learn math, science, uh, history, and I've had cybersecurity there. It would be just amazing. It just ramps up the basics. And I think as a student, I learned a lot when I was doing hands-on labs rather than those presentations and those big PDF files of God knows so many <laughs> types of threats and vulnerabilities and you know commands that... I, when I actually did it on the tools and hands-on, I actually learned a lot. So it's great that 
we are bringing in that change and uh, and yeah i think that's amazing to see and i'm excited for the cyber security girls who will be actually choosing this as a career choice because they would have a lot of avenues to grow for sure uh, than what i had when i was a student but yeah coming back to your question dev uh, i think all i'll say that we are superheroes we are the cyber warriors first generation cyber warriors of our time and i think that's how i will start uh, with this and i will talk about how this field actually connects with my personality type i think that's that's one trait i would definitely want to would want to talk about and how it's not just your it it is beyond that it's it's pretty cool and i think now at that the times that we are in everyone knows about what a cyber crime is what is phishing what is social engineering uh, and i think just to tell them that that i can help you uh, avoid such situations would be a cool pitch to give them that we are cyber warriors and i'm here to protect and guide you through and set up those controls with you so that you can have a more secure way around the world i think that's how i will pitch what cyber security is for me thank you on this note i'd like to share with listeners that let's say if somebody wants to get a feel for cyber security education and let's say they are in high school um, or even in college they're not sure of their major yet i recommend that they google and go to relevant sites one of the sites i recommend is isc2 which is an international non-profit membership association for information security leaders they offer a variety of highly accredited certifications one of which is the foundation level it's called certified in cybersecurity i have done the certification they assume nothing you can start from ground zero but you get a nice feel of again they they don't cover everything but you get a sense of what cybersecurity is about and it's very doable after you prepare you have the option of going to a site and taking a proctored exam you don't have to but i put myself through it and i you know i passed and it felt good so i've been encouraging that to several of my uh, high school mentees that i have whose parents come to me and say you know we are thinking of a summer project for them or they are in between school and college what could they be doing and i say hey go into a site such as this i'm not again trying to promote a particular site but this is a very accredited accredited site but go to any site that you like and check out and do something yourself don't wait for colleges and institutions to tell you what to do um absolutely you will get the guidance once you are there but hopefully you, both of you will agree that we have reached an era or an age where we have to own our education and we have to constantly upskill ourselves so we have to reach out and now with all the resources and plus with all the ai tools that's coming up we just have to ask questions and we will be pointed in the directions and then make sure that we are going the credible route and start exploring and do hands on activities simulations to get a sense of what cybersecurity is about what's exciting about the field i absolutely feel uh, echoing what you said priti it's a very noble profession vocation i can't think of anything more important than 
doing your part and securing your country at a bigger level, securing the world, because uh, I'm concerned that we worry about the pandemic, but cybersecurity breaches could lead to some massive catastrophes. And I hope that we prepare well for it. And the preparation not only has to be happen at a local level, but it has to happen globally. So the the role that you are playing, the role that Ashley is playing, the role that I am playing, I think they all help. And I think we need to keep spreading the good word and I'm sure great things will happen. We are reaching that stage of our episode where we start wrapping things up. I have no intentions of rushing y'all. So please share thoughts, perspectives. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. And I get so excited because there's so many awesome organizations that are uh, helping meet that need. Uh, WESIS. Some people say WISIS, but it's WESIS. WESIS. And Women in Cybersecurity, or WESIS, was started by Dr. Amberine Siraj. She was of Tennessee Tech, and now she is at the National Science Foundation. She's a powerful force of a woman, and she would cringe just hearing me say that, but she is. She's phenomenal, but she's humble and she's quiet, but she is, she's one of the best. And I worked with her for about five years um, as helping be the, the co-chair for the conference. And I'm very involved with the community. And I don't think there's another organization doing more to help support and encourage women in cybersecurity. And so for any woman that's looking at a career change or that's not finding the support that they need in their current position, go to WESIS.org. Janelle Strach is the chairman on the board. She is phenomenal. They have such a thing. Lynn Dom is the executive director. They are just a powerhouse trio and they're doing so much to support all women in this space. And every year, the conference, it sells out within an hour. I mean, that tells you a lot about that event. So um, go to the website, join the community. There's probably a chapter in your area. And from there, you can get some support, mentoring, and they have a lot of partnerships with SAMS and others for free training. The other thing I would I would add in is Black Hills InfoSec. Um, John Strand, he is the owner and founder of that organization. And they do such incredible training for, for people, but also for women. They have a couple pay what you can trainings that are, are just phenomenal. And so if you're new to this space and you can't pay for anything, you can go take the training anyways and um, gain some competencies in certain areas. So if you're at the collegiate and career level, go to WESIS, look at their organization, go to Black Hills InfoSec because they have a lot of great resources. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Preeti, would you like to add something? Yes. And I agree. I think women in cybersecurity is a great community to be in. I got to know about them back in 2015 and I follow their community. They have great events and conferences and a lot of content also. Uh, if you are someone who is looking to just read about security, I think SANS is also a great resource. They offer really good papers and uh, content as well. I also happen to uh, I came across one website called Girl Security. I think they specifically work uh, in mentoring people of color or in general uh, mentoring girls in cybersecurity where they train them to form a community uh, supporting national security. And they look out for mentors. They look out for younger girls who are interested in cybersecurity. I think that's a great site to check out it. Also, that's only based in U.S. as of now, 
I tried to apply it as a men apply as a mentor, but I'm in Canada, so I think there is that issue there. But that's a great website as well, uh, to just know about security and it's a community of young girls who are learning and who want to mentor young girls in the field as well. So it's a great opportunity there. Uh, and yeah, I think security as of today has become the talk of the town. Everyone knows about it. And I know a lot of initiatives have been taken by a lot of organizations, whether it's starting small from these uh, trainings that they give out to their employees, initiating women in security. I know Microsoft also has one uh, community called Women in Cybersecurity, and I'm a member of that. And it's amazing. It's a great community to connect and lead and talk about things in the security area. So uh, I'm happy to see a great transition from uh, where we have come. Uh, I know it's been a long journey to see where cybersecurity is at. And I know it's going to go to great places. I know it's going to just grow more and more from here. And I know a, a lot of exciting things are coming for girls who are looking to adapt this as a career choice. It's actually a very thrilling and exciting career. And I really hope that a lot of girls I see a lot of girls in this workforce because it's it's the best place to be in at this at, at this point of time actually so wow that's you know you couldn't ask for a better recommendation <laughs> the, the best place to be that's fantastic well we are wrapping up now so Ashley final thoughts I would uh, echo what Kurti had mentioned um, this field is is incredibly exciting there are so many different ways to to have an important part of not only our national security, but personal security and in ways to impact others. This field has provided so many opportunities for me to, to travel and to meet different people and to support those. It's very, it's very rewarding. But as a, a woman with, with two young children, I can have my family and have my career. And yesterday was my kid's last day of school. And so the flexibility that I have to, to be able to be a parent, but also advance in my career and help support the mission that I'm, that I'm driving towards, you can do that. And it's such a great field. Well, thank you, Ashley. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for what you shared today. Preeti, the same with you. Um, any final words, Preeti? Uh, you, you did uh, share some uh, very inspiring messages, but any final thoughts before we call it a day? Yeah, I actually... You know, it is, I would say it's a rewarding field too. I think I, my journey started from India and I'm in Canada right now. So the type of exposure I got in my personal career and having the chance to work with the U.S. Army as an immigrant, as a, a you know, Indian girl, it was mind-blowing and it, it will take you places. It does take you places if you have that passion and you work hard towards it. And I think... You also get that work-life balance. It's not something that people say it's very difficult and it's very technical and it gets hard. You have to always be on your laptop or computer. It's not the truth. Cybersecurity is way beyond just the pictures and images that we see of the hooded guys. It's it's something extraordinary. It takes you places. It's rewarding and I'm forever grateful for this career choice and I always will be and I will definitely stay loyal to it because it has given me so much 
in my life and I would want to give it back with just hard work and learning more. So I think it's a great field to be in again. Well, thank you very much, Kriti. Thanks again, Ashley. And thanks for all that you do in this field. It's been a pleasure having you. And I look forward to many more interactions in the future. Thank you. A special thanks to Kriti Arora and Dr. Ashley Podravsky for their time and insights. If you like what you heard, please leave the podcast a rating and share it with your network. Also, subscribe to the show so you don't miss any new episodes. Thank you for listening and I'll see you in the next episode. The information contained in this podcast is for general guidance only. The discussants assume no responsibility or liability for any errors or omissions in the content of this podcast. The information contained in this podcast is provided on an as-is basis with no guarantee of completeness, accuracy, usefulness, or timeliness. The opinions and recommendations expressed in this podcast are those of the discussants and not of any organization.